You're listening to the Mind Your Home Podcast. I'm your host, Mia Danielle, and I'm here to tell you that the number one thing you can optimize to give you more energy and happiness is your environment. If you're tired of the chaotic cycle and ready to feel energized at home with more simplicity, more energy, and less clutter, then welcome to the Mind Your Home Podcast. Welcome back to the Mind Your Home Podcast. If you're keeping track, we are on episode 11. Now, last week, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I definitely recommend you do it either before or after this episode. Last week, we talked about how to become a planner, how to start planning and be one of those people who identifies themselves as being a planner and just basically achieve more while doing less. Okay, so this week we're going to be going into some exercises that are specifically honed in around pruning and prioritizing, i.e. minimizing your schedule and your to-do list. So once you've gone through, if you if you listened to last week's first that talked about how to become a planner, this is going to hone in on one of the really specific skills that's necessary in order to successfully continue planning pruning and prioritizing, it's like an ongoing process. It's something that you should be continuously doing as like a practice, like a self-awareness practice almost that's in the back of your mind constantly. Your mind should constantly be working in pruning and prioritizing mode, okay? Think of it like, like a mode that you can put your brain in to operate on, not something necessarily that you always have to actively be doing, that it shouldn't necessarily always take brain power or, or you know, like an hour of your time or something like that. Like just, you know, learn how to operate in this whole mode of prioritizing and pruning consistently. And when you do that in your home, then that's called minimizing, right? So you're moving toward minimalism when you constantly live in this realm mentally of pruning and removing things and releasing things and and optimizing to make sure that you just have, you know, the best, the highest quality, what you need, the most important things, i.e. So, Today, again, we're going to be going into a quick exercise you can do in order to prune and prioritize specifically your schedule and your to-do list. But you'll notice that a lot of these principles that we're going to talk about can really cross-transfer to any type of pruning and prioritizing that you may desire. I have a notepad that is currently sitting in my lap. Um, It's a notepad that I stole. I shouldn't say stole. I more like reallocated it from my daughter's school supplies because she wasn't using it. And it's this this giant college ruled notepad with I don't know how many pages are in it, probably like 150. It's a a pretty it's a pretty good size spiral notebook. Okay. And um, I use this thing like probably at least every other day, I'll sit there and I'll just empty my brain into this notepad. I'll just open up a sheet and I'll just start writing. And sometimes I do it differently each time. But um, for those of you who haven't heard of this concept, it's called a brain dump. How many of you have heard of the concept of a brain dump? Either you haven't heard of it and you think that I am in crazy and gross land right now, or you have heard of it and have used it and loved it because most people who use it love it or just think it sounds weird and you've heard of it before but you never actually used it. So 
this is something that has really been incorporated into my daily life. And it's it's the number one step when we're talking about this quick exercise to prune and prioritize. This is the number one thing that you need to do in order to prune and prioritize your schedule, your to-do list, or anything else that you're wanting to prune and prioritize. The reason is because we naturally have just these floats, these floats, these thoughts that are just floating around in our brain, vying for our attention, okay? And it can become very overwhelming and it can become very chaotic and it leads to just general stress, okay? A, a lot of these thoughts, strangely enough, don't even need to be there. Like they've either already been tended to, their their expiration date has already been met. And, and if you really took the time to look at this task or whatever it is that you're thinking needs to be done, you would find that it doesn't even need to be done anymore. Or they're just, you know, like all of these things, all of these things, whether it's stuff that you need to get done around the house, stuff that you need to do for work, um, projects that you're trying to work on, just random little pieces of information that pop into your head, like writing down people's phone numbers and your contacts, or, you know, giving your mom a call on Sunday, or, you know, like whatever you have coming up, whatever you have that's just fine for your attention. As you stand right now, those things are just floating in your head, not in any kind of prioritizing order, not, you know, like highlighting or jumping up to the top like, oh, me first, me first. Um, so what they do, they just they float there inside of your inside of your your mind until something happens that brings them forth. And when that happens, now you're in a place of reactionary mode. You're having to respond to immediately react to that thing that has popped to the surface because when it's in your face, then it feels like it's the highest priority, even if it's not. Even if it's like way down on the list, when something calls it to the top, now you've placed it in a position of being in priority. So the reason that brain dumping or journaling of any kind, really, like you, if you prefer to call it something else, if you want to go into journaling and you want to run what I like to call a stream of conscious journaling, which is very similar to brain dumping, a stream of conscious journaling is where you just take your pen and paper and you start writing your thoughts as they cross. Not trying to control your thoughts, not trying to judge your thoughts. You're just literally writing down every thought as it comes across your brain. And that in itself can be really eye opening and oftentimes will end up being similar to a brain dump. But a brain dump specifically is thinking of all of the things in one related topic and then just emptying it down on your paper. So thinking of all of the tasks that you need to do, that you would like to do, that it would be nice to do, like even if it's like taking a vacation and planning for your next, you know, vacation, or looking at your finances and seeing where you spent more in food for the month. And you know, like paying your bills, like all of the all of the different little daily things that come up that we have to take care of, that are like randomly floating in our brain vying for our attention. When we do these brain dumps, we're writing all of those things down on paper, all of them, everything that you can think of. And in fact, when you're doing this exercise of brain dumping, I recommend that you you completely empty your brain of, again, everything that needs to be done that you'd like to do that just pops into your head at all in any way as something that should or could potentially be done in the future. And when you think you're done, you should walk away go grab a cup of coffee, go call a friend, go do whatever it is that you do to remove your mind from the subject, and then come back to it and do it again, because you're probably still not empty. 
Now, just for technicality's sake, to close out this this number one topic of brain dumping, it does not matter how your brain dump looks, okay? If you're a doodler and you kind of doodle your ideas and your topics in circles, more power to you. If you make like a straight, you know, A and B list all the way down the page, that's fine too. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how it looks. You can have like just random words just thrown on the on the page, like, you know, page vomit style, okay? Um, that doesn't matter because step number two is going to be to review and prioritize, Okay, so in step number two, this is where we're actually doing the pruning and prioritizing process using what we wrote down on the brain dump. So you're going to look at the brain dump, you're going to look at all of the different tasks, all the ideas, all of these things that you that you put down, and you're going to start to prune and prioritize. Now, the order that you do that in, I recommend doing the pruning first because it's easier to prioritize things that are remaining than it is to prioritize everything and then go back through and mark things off because then it was wasted time. It was never necessary to prioritize those to begin with because they're not necessary. So let's go through and prune first. So how do you decide what doesn't need to be done? What doesn't need to be on this list at all? Now, obviously, when you go through and you're reviewing things, if you find out that something is is expired, no longer relevant, then of course, that's an easy knockoff, right? But most of the things that we do, we're not really taking the time to evaluate what what kind of returns we're getting from them, okay? So this is a good time for you to actually evaluate and analyze what kind of returns have you been getting from these tasks that you've been doing from these even if it's sections of projects that you've been doing what kind of returns have you been getting from those projects because Pareto's principle if you've ever heard of it before the 80-20 rule says that about 20% of our tasks our general projects what the things that we do actually bring us 80% of the results And I personally find this to be true in pretty much all of life and all of the the projects that I've done, there are always just like a small handful that are really bringing the power and the rest are just kind of buffers, just kind of, you know, helping in the background, not just with projects. I mean, the same is true with, with, um, you know, with cleaning and with, with things that you own, for example, kids toys. I mean, your kids, you've probably noticed this, maybe, maybe play with 20% of their toys 80% of the time. They may play with way fewer than that. It may be like two toys out of a thousand that they actually play with regularly. So when you really take this this principle, this Pareto's principle of the 80-20 rule and, and put it into a you know effect, you can compare these things that are on your brain dump list against each other. Which ones are in the powerful 20% and which ones are in the weak, extra kind of fluffer 80%. So that's going to be the first thing that you're going to do after you've marked off all of the obvious no's, go through and say, what kind of returns have I been getting from taking these actions regularly? Are they actually beneficial to me? Are they paying off? And even if they're paying off a little bit, is it worth it? If you're spending the same amount of time doing that tasks as something else that's actually giving you, you know, one of those big, powerful 80% results, um, then you know, is this, is it worth it to spend the same amount of time giving yourself less results? It just doesn't make any sense, right? So if you can mark off those things that are just giving you the itty bitty tiny little results that aren't as powerful as the other ones, then you can use that time to either have more free time, 
which is never a waste, or to dedicate to the things that are just giving you more powerful results. It's just it's just smart and efficient time management. Thinking about things just because it's kind of good doesn't mean it's the best. Just because something's not bad doesn't mean that you need to actually be doing it. Then I want you to come in with a standard set of questions. You can take mine if you'd like. You can come up with your own. Either way, we should always be questioning the things that we do, right? So have a standard set of questions. So mine are, is this something that needs to be done at all? Like, does it actually need to be done? Or is it something that I just kind of think would be cool to do? I'd like to do this and implement it, but I have other things that are actually priority right now. So does it need to be done at all? And then the second question is, does it need to be done by me? And this, if you've heard it, I've got this uh, from Kate Northrup, actually. Uh, About a year ago, she was mentioning that she asked herself these questions. And I started asking myself these same questions. And, you know, just taking the time to really ask yourself, does this need to be done by me? As in, could somebody else help me out with this? Could I maybe hire a VA to help out or have one of the kids take over or, you know, let my husband do this thing for me because it's not necessary that it be done by me, you know? So asking these questions um, has really benefited me in my own life. So I recommend that, you know, give it a try. Doesn't need to be done at all. Doesn't need to be done by you. And then does it need to be done right now? Okay, so if you're like, Yes, yes, it needs to be done. Yes, it needs to be done by me. Well, does it need to be done right now? Or is this something that can be done later? Is this a problem for like next quarter or for next month? You know, because there are other things that probably are a little more time sensitive that need to be done stat. So as you know, get yourself like some questions that you can run through, whether it's those or some different types of questions. Either way, give yourself um, something that's going to make sense for you and the types of projects that you're looking at. Some questions that you can just run through real quick so that you can help to sort, sort, sort. You know, it makes sorting faster whenever you have a system that's kind of set up that you're going through. So you're looking at your stuff, you're, you did your brain dump, you're looking at the brain dump material and you're saying, okay, this is a 20%, this is an 80%, you know, this one is no good, you're out of here. And then you're asking these questions like, does this need to be done right now? Okay, yes, we're going to keep it on the list. Does this need to be done by me or can I get someone else to do it? Let me write this on a different list to hand off to somebody else. Um, and just, you know, going through all of these just really quick questions. I mean, it doesn't have to be like a long process. It can be super fast. You shouldn't have to spend that much time really, unless, you know, depending on the project, maybe it's an in-depth project where you need to go pull up statistics and data to see if it's been giving you 20 or 80%. But most of our daily, day-to-day, home, life type of things aren't that in-depth. You can pretty much look at them and say, "Eh, I'm not really getting that much of a benefit. It doesn't need to be done right now. Setting it aside and moving on. Now, after the pruning process is complete, you removed the things that aren't necessary to be even considered right now. Like, you know, you've cleared your brain. So now these things don't need to take up space. They're set aside. If they need to be taken care of later at a later time, not important right now, then they're on another list. So you still don't have to think about it. Okay. So now that you have everything narrowed down to the things that you actually do need to think about that are timely, that are providing some kind of a positive, powerful result, Now you just need to go through and prioritize them. So take the things that are remaining that haven't been scratched off or removed from the list and literally get a clean piece of paper and start writing them in order of importance. 
importance is going to be very uh, subjective or even objective based on what it is that you're doing, what types of things you're prioritizing. It could be that they are prioritized based on based on date of, you know, like the due date that they need to be done. It could be that they're prioritized based on your personal values, like you're going to call mom before you go handle the plumbing issue that you have going on in the bathroom. You know, like the things that the way that you prioritize can be very personal and you can just, you know, personally titrate that titrate that to yourself, but you should at least get those down in a prioritized list so that it's, you know, clean and tidy. And when you go back to look over it, the things that you're seeing first are the things that are of priority that need to be completed first. And then you're not going to be kicking yourself because you wasted all of your time doing all of these little fires that came up that weren't even priority. Meanwhile, all of the things that you really needed to be doing were set to the side because you ran out of time. Big boulders first. Have you ever heard of that before? Like when you are um, getting things done, you want to put in the big boulders first. The big boulders are the important tasks, the important jobs, the, the big important things that need to get done. Put those in first. And then it's like, a, what, what is this example of, if you think of like a jar, okay, and you have large rocks, I'm going to say, instead of boulders, because it's hard to fit boulders in a jar. Um, but you have large rocks. You fill the jar up with the large rocks, okay, and then you can pour all of the pebbles and the finer particles of sand and all the little stuff, all the little extra things will easily fit around that. But you always want to do the big priorities first. What happens when you do it the other way around? What happens when you pour all the little pebbles and the sand in first, and then you try to add in your big rocks, your big boys? Then they don't fit. There's no room. You have no time left because you used all of the time on all of the little things that popped up. And that's what's killing so much of our productivity and your, you know, your daily you know, you're running out of time every day and you're like, well, I'm not getting any anything done. Like I'm constantly busy, but I'm not actually being productive. Okay. And the key to that, the key to being productive and having a schedule and a to-do list that makes sense is to do the big boulders first and let all the little things fall around afterwards. So now that you have your nice, cleany, prioritized, tidy list, what do you do with the stuff? Do you just like go down and check it off as you get it done? I want you to actually put those things on a calendar because the reason that things get so out of whack is that we don't actually schedule time to do the things that need to be done. We just expect that we'll do it when we get around to it. And it's all very up in the air. And, you know, but when you actually schedule something, then you've set aside time for it and you'll actually you'll actually get it done. Okay, as opposed to waiting until you feel like it or waiting until you have the time and then you're doing again all of the little pebbles and you're not actually making it to the big boulders. So take that list and I want you to schedule everything in some kind of a visual calendar. It's very powerful, whether you're a visual learner, an audio learner, it doesn't matter. It's very powerful to be able to see scheduled things in a visual format because then you can also see where there's blank space. It like pops out at you. And if there's no blank space, that pops out at you too. And it's very important to be able to conceptualize that, to be able to visualize it, see it, understand exactly where your blank space is going to be and how much time things are actually going to take instead of how much time you assume they're going to take. Because whatever amount of time you schedule for them, that's the amount of time that it's going to take. 
And you're like, well, what if it takes longer? Well, you just don't let it take longer. You, you exercise that self-integrity. And when you set aside an amount of time to accomplish a certain task, unless some rare emergency situation comes up, and these emergencies are not common everyday things, you should not be putting out emergency fires every day. When you have something scheduled for yourself, you exercise that self-integrity because we're building that trust with ourselves, we're building that confidence, and you get it done in the amount of time that you have set. Even if it's not super A plus work, if it's B plus work, that's okay too. So put it on the calendar. If it isn't scheduled, then it's not real. It's just a nice idea that you've written down on paper with no substance. Now, for me personally, I use Google Calendar on my phone and I use that for everything. I've got it color coordinated to where different types of tasks are in different colors. So I know, you know, when I'm looking at my calendar, I know that all of my gym classes that I'm going to are in lime green. All of my personal family and, you know, like just personal events are in a certain color. All of my business events are in a certain color. So I can at a glance look at my calendar. I can see where my blank space is. I can see by color what types of events I have for different things. And I really love it because I really geek out on that stuff. But that uh, that works for me because I, I have it on my phone. I've even got the widget. So I don't even have to open an app. I just turn my phone on and bam, there's my schedule. It's right there in my face. And that keeps me on track because otherwise, I by nature tend to be a classically tardy, more of a free spirited, just kind of enjoy my day type of person. And if I don't have that structure for myself, then there are a lot of things that aren't going to get done. And I'm not alone in that. You likely need some structure too in order to get the things done that actually do need to be done in your day. So there, you've already got your calendar. You've already got your, you know, your pruned and prioritized to-do list and schedule. You know what you're going to do. Everything is as it should be and your brain is clear and things are lovely. But I don't want you to think that that is the end of the entire process. I mean, of course, like I said, pruning and prioritizing, that's that's more of a mindset. That's more of a, a mental realm that you need to be operating in, like an operating system. We're just going to click it on in our brains. But not only that, you need to be open to redeciding. Now, if you haven't listened to episode nine that I did with Susan Choi, and I'll link it down in the comments, where she talks about about stress, one of the things that she spoke to us about is redeciding. And the same is true for your schedule. You need to give yourself the opportunity to re-choose the things that you've chosen, to redecide, to reevaluate. I mean, you should constantly be reevaluating the things that you have scheduled, the projects you're doing. Is it still effective? Even if it was effective last year or months ago, is it still effective now? Does it still need to be done now? So you should constantly be just reevaluating, tweaking, trying new things and redeciding on the things that you have there, understanding that when you say yes to something, when you when you schedule something and you make something a part of your daily routine, that doesn't mean that it always has to be a part of your routine. It doesn't always have to be there. You have the power of choice and can decide and redecide as many times as you need to in order to keep your daily schedule and your life flowing smoothly and, you know, to make yourself happy, which is what we all want to be. 
So I hope that you got something out of this exercise. Again, just a real quick rundown. Number one, we're going to brain dump. Number two, we're going to prune and prioritize looking at things like Pareto's 80-20 rule and, you know, making a list of the priority order. Number three, we're going to take that priority order. We're going to put it on the calendar to where we can view it, color code it, look at the blank space. And number four, we're going to constantly be reevaluating and redeciding. I hope you got a lot out of this. If you haven't listened to the last episode that goes a little more into the concepts of planning and how your brain works with planning, if you get nerdy about stuff like that, like I do, then you're really going to enjoy that episode. Um, And otherwise, I will catch you next week. If you haven't left a review on Apple Podcast, please do so. It is very helpful to the Mind Your Home podcast and it helps us to grow and helps this information that you're getting to listen to to reach more ears out there. So I really appreciate those of you who are taking time to go and leave a review. Have a great day.